This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if this is your first time. Now today on our telecast, we're going to discuss a subject that you might find strange at first, but may I assure you, it is in the Bible. We want to talk about the two Adams. The two Adams. Stay tuned. Now today, we continue to offer the free Bible course. For benefit of those of you who are watching today for the first time, we'd like for you to know more about the course. We'd like for you to know how to receive the course. So let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, beginning in verse 45. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the first of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. The Bible is filled with various figures or types. A type is simply a symbol of something else that's used to illustrate and to strengthen our faith. For for instance, Canaan is used as a type of heaven. In the Hebrew letter, the writer in the fourth chapter says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Well, in the Old Testament, uh, Canaan was their rest. But when we come to the New Testament, Christians have their rest. That's heaven. And Canaan of the Old Testament was a type of heaven of the New Testament. Joseph is a type of Christ. There are so many similarities in, between Joseph and Jesus Christ. And uh, both of them were betrayed by uh, their own people. And both of them went into, into Egypt. And both of them were known for their lives of purity. There, there are many similarities between the two makes a quite interesting lesson. And to talk about the type of of between Joseph and Jesus Christ. And so you see there are many different types in the Bible. But Adam in the Old Testament 
is a type of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. For example, in, listen to Romans chapter 5 and verse number 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even unto those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. You see, that, that says that Adam is a type of Christ. Now, the text that I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 mentions two Adams. First of all, Paul mentions a natural body and a spiritual body in verse 44. And then he shows a comparison of those two Adams in verse 45. There's the natural body that we have from the first Adam. And then there's the spiritual body that we have from the second Adam. That's in verse 47. And now according to Romans 5 and 14, that first man, Adam, was a figure of the one who was to come. And there is a very interesting comparison between the two Adams. Both Adams, that is the first Adam, the second Adam, who is referred to as Christ, were both placed on this earth by biological miracle. The first man, Adam, was made from the dust of the ground. And that's when God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, Genesis 2-7. The second man, Adam, that is Christ, was born of a virgin. That was predicted 700 or more years before Jesus ever came into this world. In Isaiah 7, 14, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. So that was predicted, that he would be born of a virgin. And that was a very unusual thing. Uh, that a child would be born was natural, but that he would be born of a virgin who had not known a man was miraculous in, in in its very nature. The thing that was miraculous about the birth of Jesus was not the delivery, but the conception. He was conceived within his mother's womb and by the Holy Spirit, And Jesus came into this world by a biological miracle. The Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. So there's that comparison between the first Adam of Genesis and the second Adam who is called Jesus Christ. Both were placed on this earth by a biological miracle. But both Adams began their existence free from sin. When Adam was created and placed in the Garden of Eden, he was made in God's image of Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and following. He, he, God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became 
a living soul. Man was without sin when he was first created. He did not, not born a sinner. He was not created a sinner. Well, that'd make God the, the source of sin if that were the case. Ezekiel 8, 28 and 15 says, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created till sin was found in thee. And so both began their existence free from sin. Jesus was without sin. Hebrews 4, 15, Though we have, have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, who was tempted in all points, lack as are we, yet without sin. 1 Peter 2.22 says he did no sin. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, the Bible says he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. So when we think about the comparison between the first Adam and Christ, both began their existence free from sin. Both of them had a nature that was capable of temptation. The first Adam was tempted and he was conquered by the devil. He yielded to that temptation. Jesus, the second Adam, was tempted, but Jesus triumphed over the temptation. And look at Hebrews 4.15 one more time. Though we have not an high priest who cannot be, who was not tempted, who was tempted like as are we, yet without sin. He was tempted, but he did not yield to the temptation. We read about the temptation of Jesus in the fourth chapter of Matthew, when Jesus Christ was led up into the, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And Satan tempted Jesus Christ in every conceivable way. And yet Jesus Christ did not yield to temptation. But then another comparison between the two is God named both of them. God named both of them. If you go back to the book of Genesis and go back to Genesis, the fifth chapter, God named Adam as, as well as Eve. He created them male and female and called them Adam in the day they were created. That's the reading from the King James Version. God called them Adam. He named them. And then God also named Jesus. He named him, he gave him his name. Philippians 2 and 9 says he gave him a name which is above every name. And he gave him the name Jesus. In Matthew 1 and 21, God said thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. So when we think of him as our Savior, we call him Jesus. When we think of him as our ruler, we call him Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. Lord, what will you have me to do? Then when thinking of him as God, we call him Emmanuel. Virgin will conceive and bear a son. You call his name Emmanuel. That's found in Matthew 1 and verse 23, which is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. 
And when thinking of him as the anointed one, we call him Christ. When Peter acknowledged Jesus in Matthew 16 and 16, he called him Christ. Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. So God named them both. Now, both Adams were married. The Adam of the Old Testament and Christ, who is referred to as the Adam of the New Testament, were both married. Now God made for Adam of the Old Testament one wife. In Genesis 2 and verse 18, God saw that it was not good for the man to be alone. Thus God created a, a helpmeet for the man. God took a rib from the side of the man, and from that rib God made the woman. And when she was presented to the man, the man said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman. Why? For she was taken out of man. And this, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to, unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And then the, in Matthew, the 19th chapter, beginning in verse 3, let's listen to what the Lord said. The Pharisees also came to him testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? So he, Jesus is being confronted about this matter of, of divorce. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? So he made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And, and, and so then they're no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce? to put her away. And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. So God made one wife for Adam. That's what we learn here. You, you know, that, that ought to settle how many wives a man should have. The Bible does not teach polygamy. And, and it also teaches that, that there is to be a male and a female in this relationship. So both Adams were married. God made for Adam, just one wife. And a woman was, is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives, Romans 7, verse 2. But if her husband be dead, she's loose from the law of her husband. Now Christ was given a wife, and that wife is the church. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, beginning in verse number 
uh, 22, the Apostle Paul is using the figure of a marriage to suggest or to teach the relationship that exists between Jesus Christ and the church. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So Jesus Christ was given a wife. That wife is called the church. Over in, uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and in verse number 2, Paul said, I, have a, I, have a, I am jealous over you after a godly jealousy. I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So there is that relationship that exists between Christ and the church, and he is the husband, the church is his bride. Look over in the book of Romans chapter 7 and verse number 4. Therefore, my brethren, ye also become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you, should, that you may be married to another. Well, now, to whom are they married? But he says, he explains that. To him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. And so we, when we obey the gospel by believing on Christ and repenting of our sins, confessing faith in Christ, and when we're baptized into Jesus Christ, baptized into his body, then we are married to Christ because we are a part of his bride. Both Adams were married. And then another comparison between the two is that there are several things in that relationship that are quite similar to the first Adam and the second Adam. Think about this when you think about that marital relationship. God caused a deep sleep to come on the first Adam. And he took a rib from his side. And it was from that rib that God created that first woman. And then the man said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Christ slept the sleep of death to bring his bride into the world. God also opened up Adam's side. And someone has said that that was the first surgery that was ever performed when God opened up the side of Adam. But God opened up the side of Christ. That is, he allowed soldiers to pierce his side. In John 19, 34, and from that wound there came blood and water. Adam, the first Adam, paid the price of his own flesh and his own blood for his wife. He said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And Christ paid the price of his blood for the church. Acts 20 and 28. Eve was the helper or the help meet for Adam. And the church is the help meet for Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve were one. The Lord saw that it was not good for the man to be alone. And when he created this woman, presented to the man, the man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, you should be called woman. She is taken out of man for this cause. Shall a man leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife? They too 
shall be one flesh. So Adam and Eve were one. Two personalities, but they were one. Christ and the church are one. That is, there is unity between Christ and the church. Jesus even prayed for that. In John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one. One. Adam had one wife. Just one wife. And Jesus has one wife. And it's called the church. There's one body. Ephesians 4, 4. And that one body is the church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Now, Adam's bride took his name. Go back to the book of Genesis chapter 5 again. And, and in Genesis chapter 5, I want to read verses 1 and 2. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam and the day God created man. He made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them Adam in the day they were created. Note two things. God called them Adam. He called them Adam. Called them Adam. But then Adam called his wife Eve. Look in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. So I suppose she was Eve Adam. God called her Adam. Adam called her Eve. But Adam's bride took his name. The bride of Christ should wear his name. Should it not? Should it not wear the name of the husband? In Romans 16 and 16, Paul said, Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. And the disciples were in Acts 11, 26, were called Christians. The name of Christ is embodied in that name. Almost you persuade me to be a Christian. The name of Christ is embodied in that name, Christian. So the bride of Christ should wear the name of Jesus Christ. But now both Adams ruled over their wives. Let's go back to the book of Genesis again, this time to verse 16. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So the first Adam was to rule over his wife. That doesn't necessarily mean that he was a lord or a dictator, but it means that he was the leader and he was the one who ruled over his wife. The second Adam rules over his wife. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. 
And Jesus is the head over the church, which is his wife, his bride. Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 22 and 23. The scripture says there, they have put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. So both Adams ruled over their wives. The families of each Adam began to grow and to enlarge. In Genesis, the first chapter, Adam was told, Adam rather was created in the image of God, and Adam was told that he should be fruitful and that he should multiply and that he should replenish the earth. And the family of the second Adam was a growing family. If you turn to the second chapter of Acts, the very day that the church began, the Bible says in verse 41 of Acts 2 that those that gladly received the word were baptized and there were added unto them that day about 3,000 souls. And then the church began to grow from that point. So much so that the scripture says the church was multiplying greatly. In Acts the 6th chapter and verse 7, the word of the Lord increased the number of the disciples multiplied. You see, both of these families had the power to reproduce. There was a corruptible seed with Adam to reproduce and to cause other people to be born. But in the family of Christ, there is an incorruptible seed. 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And then both were born into the family of each Adam. Adam had several children in Genesis chapter 5. He, be, he begat many children. And men and women are born into the family of Christ by virtue of the new birth. In John the third chapter, Jesus was confronted by Nicodemus. Nicodemus uh, was told, you must be born again. And in verse 5, Jesus explains how. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We must be born of water. Someone says, what does that mean? Galatians 3, 26 and 27 tells us how to get into the family. You're all children of God by faith in Christ. For as many of you have been baptized in Christ, did put on Christ. So as penitent believers, baptized into Christ, baptized into the body, baptized into the family of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you been born into the family of Christ? I want to thank you for watching today. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.